3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: Shira and Ryan. Oh my God. Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Oh. Let's go there. Start now. Hello and happy Tuesday. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a big one. We've got pop icon Kim Petras joining us at 4 p.m. Pacific, oh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Miss Queen of Halloween.
5: Miss Kim Petras, I am so excited to have her on the show. You know, we have been trying very, very hard to get her here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're not doing any guests in studio because of the COVID of it all. But we have tried so much. And the morning show has succeeded. They've done wonderful conversations. But I have to tell you, if we were at a competition, I will say, I will say, we, you know, we did some stuff. We slayed this. Kim Petras literally tells us everything you want to know, and you might want to stick around for you it. You said it. I'm just saying. I like to brag. You know, we we have a healthy competition with our siblings here at Let's Go There in Channel Q. Um, That's but, true. But you know, I gotta give myself a pat on the back. We really did a great job.
4: I feel it. We had a great combo. <laughs> so yeah, stick around for that. Definitely, it is good. And I, I just still love her song Malibu.
5: Yes, you do like that song. Did you enjoy it when she performed it with Adam? At the I, I wasn't Raising there Wilson's. when remember I wasn't there that day, I missed it. Oh wow. Sorry. I just wanted to brag about it. It was great. Uh Vanessa was there, producer Vanessa, did you enjoy it?
4: So good. Shira, sure, you missed out. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Don't have any FOMO over here.
5: Nope, not at
4: all. All right, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The Republican attacks on Dr. Fauci continue. Poor Dr. Fauci. So yeah. sweet. I- And uh, here's someone who knows so much about politics and science, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who signed a new bill called the Fire Fauci Act, and she's pushing others to join her.
0: The Fire Fauci Act will bring Dr. Fauci's salary down to zero and also will require the Senate to confirm someone to fill his position. You see, Dr. Fauci was not elected by the American people. He was not chosen to guide our economy. He was not chosen to rule over parents and their children's education.
4: He, um, he was hired to protect the health of Americans, though. And by the way, it seems like we're one of the only countries that have this under control. And so you would think like, wow, well, we should have some gratitude for this person and all of his hard work.
5: My thing is, if the Republican Party continues to back Marjorie Taylor Greene in a way that continues to give her a platform and amplifies her voice like they are letting her do, It's only going down here. I see American politics going to crumbles and shambles. And if you want to talk about a handmaid's tale, let that lady get in a position of real power because she's not stopping and no one is stopping her.
4: Well, her and Ted Cruz are like two peas in a pod. Oh, yeah. They're so ready to, like, put us all in none outfits. Like, they are so ready. So, yeah, poor Fauci. You know, this guy has served the American public health sector in a bunch of different ways for more than 50 years. I mean, he's an expert, to say the least. And he's acted as an advisor to every U.S. president since Ronald Reagan. How old is he? Anthony He's Fauci. 80. Oh, he's 80. So yeah. how, So 50 years? So how, eight, eight months. Since he was 30. Wow. He was working there. Yeah, so it's like, wow. in the end, yeah, you vote someone in who either could fire him or keeps him on, and every president has kept him on, and I think that says a lot about how he does. Oh my
5: God, he's a Christmas baby. That's it. it's December 24th, that's the day before Christmas, but Christmas, baby.
4: And finally, California officially reopened today, about 15 months after the state ordered residents to stay at home. One of the first states to do so.
5: Are you excited about that? Like, you know, I, I saw online that people were at bars having countdown moments like oh, yeah. New Year's. Oh, yeah, Yabby did that. Yes, and it was just so interesting to, to see. I, Even though I've been out a little bit more, I'm still a little nervous. I'm wearing my mask everywhere still.
4: I think it's pretty automatic to wear the mask. Yeah. I think a lot of people are excited to take it off. I think it'll, it'll make things a bit easier in terms of, you know, if you wanna go out to a restaurant, there's more capacity. But I think I'm still gonna, no, I'm not gonna go all in. I'm gonna still be aware.
5: Yeah. Take precautions. Baby steps. Yeah, exactly. Not giant steps, baby steps.
4: So enjoy your time out today, the first official day of all restrictions like physical distancing, capacity limits are being lifted. I'm going out for a little open night day dinner. Oh, yeah, with my housemate. I was gonna say
5: it's not Wednesday. It's not date night. No,
4: it's. uh, It's roommate night. Roommate night. Exactly. (laughs) And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news?
5: Okay, so let's talk Chrissy Teigen. Um, She has been silent since being called out for her past bullying, but now uh, she's speaking out. It's time for the Tea Report, those pop culture stories, trending right now. So yesterday, Chrissy acknowledged that she's been a troll on Twitter and is apologizing for the hurt that she's caused those who have been caught in her past social media. Across hairs, she said this in a statement on media I mean it is a long blog post on medium girl who has time to read it here's a here's the cliff note for you I've apolog- apologized publicly to one person but there are others and more than just a few who I need to say I'm sorry to I'm in the process of privately reaching out to the people I insulted there's simply no excuse for my past horrible tweets my targets didn't deserve them no one does Um, She also added that she understands if some people do not want to speak to her. But here's the thing. In the middle of all of this happening, a fashion designer from Project Runway, Michael Costello, told his story and said that uh, her bullying, because Chrissy also bullied him, her bullying left him suicidal and his mom even spoke out about it as well like it took him to a really dark place because he thought his career was over you know Chrissy Teigen has a very big platform and so I just wonder do we think Chrissy will recover from this should she just be staying off of social media forever for real
4: I mean, she obviously doesn't want to, so she just wants to face this head on. Yeah, and um, to be honest, I would love to know
5: what y'all think. We got to wrap up here at LGT Show Online. Should Chrissy Teigen stay away? You know, girl, I'm kind of wanting her to. That's your T Report. I got more coming up next hour.
4: Okay, coming up next, new emails are revealing Trump's efforts to push false election fraud claims. That's next. Those details with the Washington Post. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Emails released by the House Oversight Committee show former President Trump's efforts to push that the election was stolen and specifically trying to get the Justice Department to back him. Back up with us is Mark Fisher, senior editor at The Washington Post. Thanks for being here.
6: Great to be with you, Shira and Ryan.
4: Yes. So why are we only discovering this now?
6: Well, that's a good question. We're discovering it because Congress is looking into this and uh, Congress is asking for Uh, some details and is finding some documents that uh, make clear that the Trump administration was pushing very hard uh, to get uh, folks in the Justice Department uh, to take their false theories about the uh, manipulation of the election and uh, turned them into some sort of prosecution or investigation. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of pressure that was coming from Trump and his minions.
5: Yeah, because this also happened at least 10 days before Jeffrey Rosen assumed the role of acting attorney general. So I guess what does that look like? And how were they pushing him? Because I think that's super important to know when we're saying that they were really trying to push it. What, is that, what does that look like?
6: Well, it took the form of... uh emails from some of the top people in the Trump administration, lawyers who were working for the president who uh, went to Rosen before he became attorney general, while in the final days of Bill Barr's time as attorney general, and they went to Rosen essentially to sort of feel him out and see if he would be willing to carry the water for some of these bogus claims about manipulation of votes in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, other states uh, where Trump was concocting this notion that there had been uh, falsified uh, voting records and so uh, what they found was that uh, Rosen pushed back or ignored what he, uh, he was being asked to do uh, and in fact uh, even before the January 6th attack uh, there's email now showing that uh, Rosen uh, some of the people around him uh, said that it was it, that some of these claims by Trump's people were insane that's the word they used wow. so uh, they didn't get very far with Jeffrey Rosen but they were prepared according to some of the emails uh, they were pre- already having discussions about who they could replace Rosen with if he didn't play ball with them.
4: Wow, that is so sketchy and not surprising. (laughs) As uh, someone who covers this and is in D.C., what is the take on all of this information?
6: Well, you know, to some extent, this is more of the same, right? I mean, we, yeah. we knew that uh, Trump was already fixated on this idea that uh, there had been some manipulation of the votes. We knew that he had a, a small group of lawyers around him who were willing to push that theory in courts in state legislatures, uh, in the public uh, view, and so that's not, none of that is new. What's new here is that they were taking that pressure to a place that thinks of itself as being fairly sacrosanct, the Justice Department, which is supposed to be somewhat removed from the political fray, and yet they were taking someone who was coming in as Bill Barr's successor and trying to, from the very get-go, uh, get him on their side and willing uh, to take on some of these whack Key theories and, and make hay with them, but
5: Mark. Well, I think everyone's thinking, listening to this, is like we know Trump is doing this, and this in my world this is deemed illegal. So why is there nothing happening? Right, like what go what happens next after this? If we know this, like what seems like damaging piece of information at this point that he just continued to do this.
6: Well, this is part of a congressional investigation. So uh, Congress will uh, get to hear from Jeffrey Rosen in the coming weeks, and um, presumably he will uh, be totally happy to talk about whatever he's allowed by the uh, lawyers to talk about, because he did rebuff these efforts to to have him take part in Trump's conspiracy. Uh, so... That part of it um, is is an investigative piece. Now, will there be any legal action coming out of that? That seems uh, unlikely. Uh, it, it's it's not typical for any administration to go after a previous administration and joe biden has made it clear from the beginning uh, that he does not want to spend his time as president relitigating or litigating against the uh, people who were in the trump administration there are prosecutors around the country who may feel differently about that certainly in new york you have the prosecutor uh, both the city and state levels who are looking to go after some, trump and some of the people around him so how that plays out uh, will 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 depend on what grand juries decide what prosecutors decide but at least at the federal level it seems unlikely that the biden administration is going to put a lot of energy into going after trump and the people around him
4: well uh, thank you so much for breaking that down no one gets into trouble we just all again side-eye this entire thing uh, that was mark yeah. fisher senior editor at the washington post thanks so much for being here
6: great to be with you thanks
4: Coming up on the show, this 22-year-old could become the first out driver to win a race in NASCAR history. Devin Rouse joins us next.
7: Let's go there
4: with With Shira Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. At 22, Devin Rouse is the second out NASCAR driver, but if he wins this upcoming competition... An event on July 9th, he could become the first out NASCAR driver to win in the sport's 73-year history. And guess what? Because we go right to the source, we have him here with us today on the show. Devin, welcome to Let's Go There.
8: Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for having me. Good. Do you like the
5: music? I feel like I butched up the music a little bit just because of sports. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Ooh. We're super excited to have you. It's it's really interesting to think about the the NASCAR world and and see someone like you making such strides and, and making history. How has this experience been for you? Because obviously it's just you living your life, but when you're thinking about it on a grand scale, are you taking it all in?
8: Absolutely. You know, and and that's a really good word to use. Uh, you know, the the grand scale because yeah, you get you know you get caught up in the whole everybody doing interviews and, and everyone asking you questions and you see the highlights of your name and stuff but then you know you still have the you still got to realize you know the the motorsports world and the racing world is it's pretty traditional and uh, you know old-fashioned so you know there's there's still your uh, there's still your struggles within it but I will say that you know motorsports as a whole is hundred percent getting uh, getting more more understanding and more knowledge, you know, about uh, diversity and stuff. And, you know, that, you know, times are changing and that especially me doing what I'm doing, you know, things are changing.
4: And you came out in 2020 at the end of Pride Month. How has life changed for you since?
8: Significantly changed since then. You know, I, I lived a double life of, you know, hiding who I actually truly was since seventh grade. And, you know, as we sat in lockdown and quarantine and not being able to do anything, I really, really got time to think about myself and and kind of saw how uh, how bad my mental health was. You know, my mental health was at an all time low. I'd really hit rock bottom with it and something needed to happen. And the positive thing that needed to happen was, you know, me coming out. And I did that. And for a long time, I regretted it. Uh, I regretted it actually probably right up until I went and ran Daytona this year. And ever since then, with the outpour, you know, in motorsports world that I've had, and just everything else, I don't regret it anymore. It was the best thing I've ever done in my life. I'm living my true best life right now.
5: I mean that's absolutely just incredible. The fact that you're you're you went through that journey of like regretting it, and you're able to come to terms of being like you can even admit that, right? Because I mm. think oftentimes people don't really talk about, it, especially us as part of the queer community, we don't talk about our process and our journey in coming out and how complicated and up and down it is. It's not just a simple thing, especially when you have your whole career tied to it.
8: Yeah, and that was. You know, really my biggest struggle in coming out was worrying about altering any future endeavors, you know, that were coming with racing. I had started all the NASCAR stuff right at the end of 2019, and and stuff was really just kind of starting to take off. I went and drove for the first time in January of 2020. I mean, yes, COVID hit and kind of shut everything down, but, you know, I was really making some strides there in the beginning and really didn't want to affect it at all. But, you know, it it came to the point where it didn't matter whether it affected that or not. Uh, I was ready to be happy in life.
4: That's so amazing. I think so inspiring for others who are looking at what you're doing because you're doing it all very quickly, let me tell you.
8: I'm trying to, you know, I I look at it and look at the people in ARCA and Trucks and Xfinity that are, there are some kids that are younger than I am, you know, running full time or running way significantly more amount of races than I am. And it's like, all right, I'm late to the game. You know, we got to, we got to knock this and overdrive, you know, really really make up for some ground. And, and, you know, granted, I am only 22. I'll be 23 next month. So I do have plenty of time. But, uh, you know, I'm ready to get out there. And and all of this isn't for my career. You know, my end goal is to be able to help people, you know, within our community and understand that me at the platform I'm at, you know, we can overcome obstacles and we can overcome, you know, what's in our head thinking what's right and what's wrong. And to show, you know, just live your life. You are who you are. And I want to be that person out there or everyone else is
5: struggling. Wow, that is huge. That's really sweet. Now, okay, I got to get to the real tea before we get out of here. Just real quick, just real quick. Um, You, I saw a tweet that you um, you wanted Mr. Colton Underwood to to date a race car driver. Is that still on the table? Are you are you into Mr. Colton? You know, I got to find out the dirt before we got to spill tea before
8: you. uh, I'll give you some real good tea here. I fly out for Colorado on June 26th, if that gives you any little, uh, hints. What? Wait. And
5: what? that's all you gotta tell okay. me. You better
4: have fun. Oh, you better oh, have a good give us time. A call. Good for you, love. Love, love yes, and <laughs> I, uh,
8: I am going out there to hang out with, I'm sure you probably, do you know who Ryan O'Callaghan
5: is? Yeah, of course. Well, that's probably, like, the only person I know.
8: <laughs> so, I am going, uh, out there to spend, uh, the weekend and Monday and Tuesday, uh, with those guys, and we are Colton's having a big golf tournament and then a uh wow. a benefit that I'm going out there for. And then, you know, we've got a couple of days for uh, us to just kind of spend time together, hang out, get to know each other. Oh my gosh, you know, really I seriously can't
5: wait to be a part of your wedding, it's gonna be so We're just like the,
4: the exclusive, you know, you could, could come on the show, we'll no. do like a little yeah. dating challenge. See, I'm not trying to
5: make it, it a work what? thing, I'm just I'm trying to come out board. and be a part of the open bar. <laughs> I'm looking forward to meeting both of them, you know, and and you know, obviously,
8: yeah. I mean, we we all know because I put it out there that uh, you know, I do might have a little little crest on Colton, but you know, nevertheless, <laughs> uh, really good friendship I think will be formed, uh, and um, we'll we'll see where things go from there. But I'm really looking forward to the event. It's a amazing. great cause.
4: We're proud of you. Yes. Good job. Congrats. Great work. Thank you so much again for being here, Devin Rouse. Uh, you can check him out. Online and watch him uh, drive NASCAR, you know. At yep. Mr. Rouse 16 Representing.
5: <laughs> July 9th, uh,
8: Fox 1. You will see me uh, running the next NASCAR race, July 9th.
4: Amazing. Well, thanks again, and best of luck.
8: Uh, thanks for having me. I loved it.
4: Now, Billie Eilish is being accused of queer baiting, but is that really what is happening in her latest video? We debate that next. Call from mom. Answer it
9: Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
7: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan Channel Q.
4: Lost Cause, Billie Eilish's fourth single off her upcoming album, Happier Than Ever, you know, it dropped on June 2nd. Um, and the visuals feature the singer and her friends having, you know, like a good old fashioned sleepover, like ladies do.
5: Well, anyone does it. You don't got to gender a sleepover. That's true. But I do think this is a classic moment where after a breakup, you get together with your friends and you talk about. How awful that ex was of yours.
4: Yeah, so the video has them dancing around in the living room of a mansion, playing games like Twister, eating candy, and then coming together for a little cuddle. And so this is what sparked a little bit of a debate. Um, on the Instagram post she had alongside these stills from the Lost Cause video, she wrote, I love girls. And so a lot of people were saying, well, is does this mean that she's coming out? And she is currently dating someone, which, you know, doesn't really mean anything. She could still come out while dating. Yeah, we can a talk guy. about
5: that guy. He's awful. But, He's oh, yeah. her are seniors. Strange She's things. Awful.
4: Uh, but a lot of people said that with all of this, she was queer baiting. And is that really the case? Well, first, queer baiting, for those who might not know what it is, um, it's also referred to as gay baiting. It's when a brand or talent basically courts an LGBTQ plus audience through performative activism, allyship, or by alluding that they are actually queer. And we see this a lot. But is that what she was doing?
5: Let me give you a good example of what queer baiting actually is. Any Target pride collection. Taylor Swift's You Need to Calm Down video when she decided to be all gay and stuff out of nowhere. Um, I, you know, I just think... We have to be careful when we're using these words, queerbane. You can't just call somebody that because you that's what you're thinking. Because for me, I feel like it, this has kind of put Billy in a corner where now fans are wanting her to come out to to for all of this drama to go away, and that's just not happening. It's not who she is, and my thing is why can't she show support for other women, uh, her friends, or anyone uh, without it being deemed like, oh, it needs to be like looked at as something queer. Or that's, sexualized. Yeah, or sexualized. It's just not the case. If you want to talk about queerbaiting, I'm telling you, go look at Taylor Swift, the You Need to Calm Down video. That was queerbaiting. That is what I'm talking about.
4: Okay, well, check it out on Instagram. Let us know what you think at LGT shows where you can find us on social media. But coming up on the show, the UK has changed their rules to donate blood for uh, queer men, actually. More details next on What's turning This Hour.
7: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Let's go there with, with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
4: Coming up this hour of the show, uh, well, we've got a lot, but... <laughs> Uh, I was. You sound cause No, because Kim Petras is yeah. not this hour. It's at 4:25 p.m. Pacific, 6:25 p.m. Eastern. am excited time.
5: for. I'm excited for. It yeah, too.
4: this show. Miss Kimmy Petras. Not just this hour. Yeah, so stick around. Hang out with us. We I mean, we're gonna keep it. saying her name every hour, so it's like she's here all the time. Kim Petras. Kim Petras. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, uh, what comedian has um, Kevin Hart has to say about cancel culture and the tea?
5: I hate that guy.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he has a lot to say, and he's been canceled before too.
5: That's the thing. You thought, you know, after all the apologies, he would he would mean, you know, he would learn something and try to get better. But you won't believe what he has to say. I'm going to be spilling it all later on.
4: Love it. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The Senate unanimously passed SR 269, establishing Juneteenth—that's June 19th this Saturday—as a national holiday. Woo-hoo. I mean, that's a big deal, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I remember last year, it was unfortunate that only so many people were discovering it then. But how far we've come. It's and mostly white people, let's be clear. So if you're wondering in, uh, what it, what it's all about, it's a holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. It's also called Emancipation Day or Juneteenth Independence Day and refers uh, to the date combining the word June and 19th. Juneteenth. There you go. Some education. The more you know here on Let's Go There. But next up, Mackenzie Scott, the billionaire philanthropist, announced today that she has given $2.7 billion to 286 organizations. Scott, the ex-wife of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, wrote in a Medium post that she made the gifts to enable the organization to continue their work, and as a signal of trust and encouragement to them and others. She also said how she's troubled by increasing concentration of wealth among a small proportion of individuals. She said that she's worked with a team of researchers and philanthropy advisors to give away a fortune that was enabled by systems in need of change. Okay. That's the way to do it. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, it was World Blood Donor Day yesterday, and the UK dropped its celibacy requirement for men who have sex with men and want to donate blood. The changes were actually announced in December, and they shift the focus of donation criteria from questions based on identity to behavior. So anyone of any gender can now be allowed to donate if they have had the same sexual partner for the last three months or if they have a new sexual partner with whom they've not had anal sex, and there is no recent exposure to an SDI or recent use of PrEP or PEP. And that was What's Trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, God. I hope y'all are ready. Let's talk about how annoying Kevin Hart is.
5: Um, no. let's Seriously, though, he's talking about all things cancel culture and, um... Yeah, here's what he has to say. According to Kevin Hart, he personally doesn't give a bleep about so-called cancel culture. Uh, oh my god. Cancel culture, but he certainly has a lot to say on the matter. It's time for the T report most pop culture stories trending right now. So in a new interview with the Sunday Times, Kevin Hart was promoting his new Netflix film, Fatherhood, but also made sure to tell everyone what he really thinks about cancel culture. He said this, if somebody has done something truly damaging, then absolutely, a consequence should be attached. But when you just talk about nonsense, when you're talking, someone said they need to be taken down, shut the F up up what are you talking about i mean strong words no strong words um he also touched on his own controversy saying that he didn't let the backlash affect him he says i've been canceled what three or four times never bothered if you allow it um to have an effect on you it will personally that's not how i operate interesting is he just like the most arrogant like piece of crap in my opinion I I, I can't hold back my words I don't want to mince my words because there's,
4: yeah there's so many sides to this it's, it's like either he he's had to put on this like strong front just to move past all the stuff that he's gone through meaning like yeah it could break you down and put you in a hole and like he had to just keep himself going and I could see there's quote unquote strength in that but then also it's like to say you're not hurt at all like by other people. Like, he's, it's like, are you is, human? Do you have emotions? We've
5: seen him react when all, that whole Oscars thing happened and he oh, immediately yeah. he was, didn't like, want to... He was doubling down. He didn't want to apologize. Yeah. He lets his ego talk for him a lot and we see that and he's still doing it. According to Hart, comedians like himself are holding themselves back for, uh, uh, for fear of running afoul of a sensitive climate. He says, you're thinking that things you say will come back and bite you on the ass. Um, but he says, I can't be the comic today that I was when I got into this. And honestly, do you want to be like, that means you're not growing. That means you're telling the same old boring jokes and you're not growing. And my thing is, if comedians are so uh, upset and they feel oppressed because they can't say offensive jokes, then go work at, I don't know, Wells Fargo and get another job. Because at this point, it's not for you. We're trying to move on and evolve. If your co- your jokes and your um, your comedy can't evolve, then why do we need you around?
4: Yeah, there was a comedian. Oh, I'm trying to find because I, I retweeted Rogan? it. No, oh, Seth Rogen had something great to say about it, and there's another one who's he's been the
5: only one that handled it right.
4: Who said something great about it? And he's like, if I have to do this to make sure people feel like protected and safe, like. Why is that a bad thing?
5: Yeah, well, Shira's gonna find it, and then we're gonna put it on our uh, our Instagram story at LGT Show. Check it out over Kat there, Williams. Oh yeah, I like Cat Williams. That was a good one. He's a good one. Yeah. Um, I got more stories coming up next hour. We gotta get out of here.
4: Okay, with California fully reopening today, what changes can you expect? We get into that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. California is reopening today and lifting COVID-19 restrictions for the first time in 15 months. I thought you, I thought
5: you were going to say 15 years. I feel like
4: that, though. <laughs> Weiss is back with us, assistant to the mayor of Los Angeles. Thanks for being here.
10: Uh, thank you for having me on very much today.
4: Yeah, happy yeah. reopening day.
10: Yeah, it's actually a very, very great day today. Um, uh, it's, it's been a very tough 15 months, but here we are today. And it's a it's a good day. It's a good day.
4: So just anything goes now. We're back to normal. What's the deal? (laughs) Just
10: just about um, most of the restrictions have now officially been lifted. And across also the state of California, the whole tier system, the whole color tier system has basically been scrapped. It's now just up to the individual counties to decide how they want to go through with this. L.A. County has decided they're going to go with just what the state is doing. So basically, yeah, it's going almost all back to normal. There will be no more social distancing requirements uh masks will be optional you can still wear one if you'd like but they're not required anymore unless of course a business insists uh businesses still have the right to decide if they want their customers to still wear masks or not it's entirely up to them but yeah it's going back and like today uh you know dodger stadium will be full capacity it's a reopening day for our famous dodgers
5: wow Yes. Yeah, so are there any concerns like at all? It just seems like we're we're very happy, which is great. But, you know, I, I like to live on the cautious side. Are, are we at all any concerned about us, you know, making this happen and everyone just kind of going back at it like life is just normal again? No,
10: undoubtedly, we, we always want to tell people that, yes, while we have struggled and we have persisted and we are our, our tenacity and our energy These last 15 months, you know, which we all know has taken a toll, has finally brought us to this place. But we need to remind people that the pandemic is not over yet. We can do this because the vaccination rates have been extraordinary here in California. We're doing quite well. And also the fact is that California as a whole did very well with all of the requirements of the pandemic. So we can be where we are today, but we need to be aware that this pandemic is far from over. We are still dealing with variants and people who still cannot get vaccinated So, yes, while we are able to do most of the things that we could do today, still be remembering that we need to be careful where we can. And, you know, if we if we know people who are not vaccinated, maybe try to avoid them just maybe for the time being. Encourage your friends, if they can, to please get vaccinated. These vaccines are safe. They are tried. They are tested. And the faster we get to our heart immunity, the faster we can really say this pandemic is fully behind us. But for now, we just want to remind people that we still need to be careful, mm-hmm. but we can start living a life the way we like to again.
4: Well, that is a relief, and of course, masks are still required. You said the businesses that say they want to do it, but then also public transportation, hospitals, K through twelve schools, child care, prisons, uh, homeless shelters.
10: Yeah, correct. Um, any form of public transportation, hospitals, long term health care, healthcare facilities, schools. For now, all K through twelve will require. Um, will require masks, uh, prisons, homeless shelters. Indoor workplaces, again, Cal OSHA is still working out the details, but for now, uh, if the entire workplace is not vaccinated, the requirement is that those should still wear masks. Uh, Also, they need to be aware that for these sort of mega events, at least indoor mega events that are over 5,000 people, uh, the state will be requiring some form of proof by their vaccination or a negative COVID test, and that unfortunately is not going to be a suggestion. That will be a requirement, but it's for indoor events with five thousand or more people, yeah. not for outdoor events.
5: Do we need to start carrying around our vaccine card? Like, because I'm planning on for getting now, my
10: laminated. <laughs> um, for now, we're actually not we're not insisting on any kind of vaccine passport. California has no interest in that right now. We're not looking forward to any kind of that way like that. Right now, we really just want to work on the honor system. Uh, we would like to be able to- The honor Californians system? To, yes.
5: Oh. Um, Scouts on. You have so much business. trust in us as people. It's really beautiful. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of it
10: just knowing that the fact is, is that, look, California as a whole, yes, we had our struggles with of differences, of opinions, but as a whole, California did a very good job, even with the struggles of this pandemic- Of really you know majority of californians being very honest and being very open about protecting its citizens so yes we are trusting and we we do trust california citizens immensely that they will do the right thing and that they will tell the truth when it comes to whether they're vaccinated or not and again it's also just a matter of having all our friends and family encourage those and tell them that truthfully the vaccine is very safe it's tried and tested And you should get it absolutely, not just for yourself, but for your family and friends all around you. So we can finally say we have beaten this pandemic entirely.
4: Yeah, have a vaccine intervention. There's an an (laughs) SNL sketch. Oh,
0: God, (laughs) no one wants to see that.
10: There we (laughs) go.
4: Okay, well, what?
10: Considering considering California's all these incentives now with vacations and possible lottery wins, I would say... Why not?
4: <laughs> yeah, just be pressured. Do it for the wins, for the gifts. Exactly. Wylam Wise, Weiss, assistant to the mayor of L.A., thank you so much for being here.
10: Thank you very much for having me on today.
4: Now coming up, San Francisco is giving monthly payments to trans people in the community. So could this be an example for how other cities support marginalized communities? That's next. Let's go there with Shira. And-
3: this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
4: San Francisco Mayor London Breed announced a pilot program today that the city will soon be providing a no-strings-attached monthly payment to low-income transgender residents of the city. Now, this is huge. And Claire Farley joins us right now Executive Director from the San Francisco Office of Transgender Initiatives. Thanks for being here.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
4: So this is just great and it seems like such a big deal. What does this look like exactly?
0: Yeah. So this new guaranteed income pilot for the trans community is a $2 million investment over the next two years. And it's really a no strings attached monthly payment um, that will be supporting those most impacted by the pandemic, um, specifically focusing on Black and Latina trans women who've been disproportionately discriminated and experienced high levels of violence. So we're really looking at this pilot project as a an opportunity to really get um, investments into those most impacted, and help those who need basic supplies, going back to school, really having flexible, um, flexible income to be able to help continue to move forward,
5: which is such a beautiful thing. And I'm so happy there's a program like this. Uh, what are the requirements?
0: Yeah, so those pieces will still be developed um, with the community at large. Um, We are currently worked with our Trans Advisory Committee to um, advocate for the program with Mayor London Breed of San Francisco and our Board of Supervisors. So at this stage, it will go out to funding proposal and then work with trans-led community organizations to develop a referral list and application we're really going to be focusing on those that are disconnected from other benefits or have been kicked off unemployment or other kind of direct services. Um, and then we'll also be looking at those that have kind of lower income or don't have family support or other means um, to kind of get things like essentials taken care of. So those um, kind of more specific requirements will be developed um, further along in the project.
4: Wow. And has this been done before? Like, how long has it taken to finally get this approved?
0: Yeah, so we've um, done some strategic planning and community listening sessions over the last three years. And um, the pandemic really highlighted the need for this program now. You know, we saw so many incredible community um uh, investments and um, mutual aid efforts that were used during the pandemic because so many of our community members didn't have access to resources and other services during during that economic downturn. So I think it really helped expedite this program that's been in the works for a while, but this would be the first uh, program of its kind for the trans community. We also, um, the city at recently announced one for artists we have one for expecting mothers um, so it's really i think an innovative way to really look at how can we get cash and assistance to community that need it the most and trust that they can use those resources for their best investment
5: yeah it really is but i even think about because so many in the pandemic when you get so far behind in the way that millions of people did especially when you're going even further into marginalized groups how 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 do you plan on helping them kind of catch up? I know these monthly payments are great, um, but it still feels like even with monthly payments, you're still kind of drowning because you're playing catch up. Are we, have you all thought yep. about that in, 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 in this process of trying to create this program?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So we'll be partnering with the treasurer's office to provide financial coaching, so building a budget, uh, dealing with debt, uh, financial education and empowerment, so there'll really be a whole wraparound service to help folks kind of grow um, in their economic strengths and overall wellness. Um, so, you know, if we look at the data during the pandemic, I think over 70% of Black and Latina trans women reported not being able to pay their bills. So yes, this kind of $1,000 a month will help to identify that. But there'll also be other kind of wraparound and benefit navigation services connecting to job training programs, our trans home initiative that provides subsidies for housing support. So it will really be a full wraparound program and plug into these other initiatives that the city has been investing in over the years. Yeah.
4: And how could this be an example for other cities in terms of how uh, they deal with the transgender community, but other marginalized groups as well?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's such a great example of how we can look at mutual aid and other ways that community have come together to support each other um, to really learn how city programs and um, community organizations can help model and really invest in programs that are working and really listening to our community because they're the experts in the work. Um, So I think I'm really excited. We already have several calls with national and uh, other state partners to share what we've learned so far, and we'll be kind of tracking that progress over the development and kind of outcomes of the pilot to see what's been successful, lessons learned, ways that we can really share out and improve the program more at large. Wow.
4: And for those listening, because we are in San Francisco as well if they want to apply to be part of this or find out more, where can they go?
0: Yeah, so um, they can visit our um, social media channels at TransCitySF or Office of Transgender Initiatives to learn more about all of our city programs. And then we'll be updating kind of the application um, and proposal to, to actually apply to be part of the program to, to run the organization later um, in the summer once the Board of Supervisors funds the project.
4: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. This is so cool and great, and we hope to have you back to talk more about it.
0: Thanks so much.
4: That was Claire Farley, Executive Director from the Office of Transgender Initiatives in San Francisco. Coming up on the show, Twitter is teasing the ability to edit other people's tweets. Well, this could be problematic. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. One of the features on Twitter people keep asking for is the edit button. Wouldn't that be great to tweet something? You regret it. Well, you sh- you delete it, or you just edit it, yeah, <laughs> or you, you just... misspell something. You don't yes, tag someone that's properly. That's really when it
5: comes in handy. Is like if you if it if you misspell something and you're like, oh, I can just change it really
4: quick. Yeah, and maybe it's gotten a ton of mentions, or you know, it went went viral. You gotten some views. Well, late yesterday, a designer for the company teased a feature that it seems would let you remove your handle. That's your like, you know, your profile, your at part of it, just in case. I'm trying to talk to the noobs out there, maybe. um, From someone else's already published tweet. So, it's basically what they're calling an unmentioned. A get unmentioned. So, you can, you know, if someone mentions you in a tweet, and you don't want to be part of the Twitter storm, you don't want to be part of an argument or a controversy, and you've been dragged in somehow, you could unmention yourself. So, I think this is cool, but then also like, well, what if you're part of it? Is that like Censoring other people who want to bring, you know, be real and talk about something, and then you just could like take yourself out of the situation? Um, um, wow. So, like, this would be like, you know, people (laughs) called out Donald Trump for blocking people. Right, right. right. So, imagine how many people would have been, uh, or, gotten, or Donald Trump would have gotten himself unmentioned from tweets, like in the news or anything he didn't want to be included in.
5: Oh, but I mean...
4: But then people would just you put out his full name.
5: Yeah, you can do that, but screenshots exist. That's the thing. Screenshots always exist. Nothing on the internet, no matter how much you want to alter it, the original still exists. And so you could do all that, um, but it's not going to change anything. But I do see the the negative to this, but also, I don't know.
4: Is it, but... This is interesting that this is the first thing like th- they can think of that really is needed on Twitter. Like, is this the one thing that we need right now is an unmentioned tool? But
5: that's the thing about Twitter. They always end up doing, or just social media in general, these companies always end up doing things that no one asked for, but then they act like everyone asked for it. It's not true. It didn't happen.
4: It's the Apple way of doing things. You know, Steve Jobs always said, you got to give them what they don't even know they want. Well, let us know what you think. Do you care for the unmentioned tool? Is this something that you would want to be used? At LGT Show is where you can find us on social media. But coming up in 30 minutes, Kim Petras joins us. Pop icon. Stick around for that conversation. Plus, what's trending this hour headlines next.
10: Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only 3 dollars per month.
1: Deep left field. It's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game!
10: Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: <sighs>
11: spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. The spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
7: Let's go there with Shira
4: and Ryan. Channel Q.
11: Coming up this hour,
4: we finally are able to tease it that it's actually coming up now. In 15 minutes, singer songwriter Kim Petras is with us to chat about her new music celebrating pride, and so much more. She sure is! Yeah, but first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Uh, Texas's main power grid operator is urging residents to reduce electricity use through Friday because of tight grid conditions. You know, Texas can't figure out their electricity. They had this February winter storm, if you remember, And there was, after that, concern over... It feels like
5: forever ago. I
4: know. Like, that
5: feels like that was, like, three years ago.
4: Well, yeah. At that point, there was concern over the Texas power grid and weatherization. It's owned by this private company called ERCOT. And now it seems they're at it again. They can't figure it out. And it's not even the summer months, by the way. I know we're in a, a bit of a heat wave here. But in Texas, I mean, we're in June, honey. It's not even August. True. I mean, but
5: it's hot. It's we're we're in a, a a surge right now. It's about to get hotter and hotter. I know Palm Springs, shout out to y'all out there. There is a hundred and something twenty degrees happening out there. It's gonna get real hot. I don't know how we're gonna deal with it, but I don't know. It's intense. I don't even know where I was going with that statement. I was just wanting to wish y'all happy air conditioning.
4: Yeah, you're you're feeling compassion for folks. I that was. Are what with were we this. even initially talking
5: about? Texas. Oh. <laughs>
4: And to those listening in Texas, we know you're out there. Yeah, we wish the best for you, too. Exactly. Now, according to Johns Hopkins University data, 600,000 lives have been lost to COVID-19 as of today. While daily deaths have decreased in recent months, hundreds of Americans are still dying every day from the disease that's largely, as we know, preventable by vaccines. Over the past week, the average number of COVID-19 deaths each day was 343 and that's about five times higher than the average daily number of people killed in car crashes. Just to give you some context. Now, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer issued a directive banning the use of state and federal funds for conversion therapy on minors. She also called on the legislature, which has a Republican majority, to pass a law banning the use of the practice on minors. So that is all good stuff. Congrats to Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer doing the right thing yes congrats congrats yeah and that was what's trending this hour what's happening in entertainment news Ryan okay so let's talk about uh, Wendy Williams
5: most memorable interview today and I think it's really really relatable it's involving uh, Halle Berry it's time for your tea report those pop culture stories trending right now so back in 2012, Wendy Williams uh, had such a memorable moment with Holly Berry that she opted not to wash her boob for two weeks after the Oscar-winning actress touched it. No, which is actually hilarious, right? Because when you come in contact with a, a celebrity, like if you're, it's either a hug or like you like they touch your t-shirt or something. You know, some, some fans are like, I don't ever want to wash this hand again. I don't ever want to wash whatever again. And I thought about this, being like, wait. How do you not wash your, your chest area, even in your shower, especially as a woman? But anyway, she said, by the end of the conversation, she flicked my boob and winked at me. Uh, she said, I didn't wash that boob for two weeks. So, Shira, you have interviewed so many celebrities, so many. Have you ever had a moment where you were like, oh, my God, I'm fangirling so hard right now. And I, I don't know if I ever want to wash this hand or wash this dress that I was just in. No. Great, she hates Sorry. Everyone. I
4: mean, I just haven't been that girl. Although, when I was interviewing Bradley Cooper for like <laughs> the Hangover Three or something. Of course, it's a man. That's yeah. The, that's I mean, made her. He, the thing is, this was surprising because I, I was like, was this cologne on you? No, it was more that I was looking at him and he was looking really deep like into me when he was, uh, being, when I was t- interviewing him. I'm even stumbling was on my it? words now. And he literally was just like, I I, I lost my train of thought. Like, he was that sexy. So that's the only thing I could say. How
0: you that. doing?
4: <laughs> exactly.
5: Um. No. Seriously, though. Um. Looking deep into you. That was really intense. Um. You're so. You have such <laughs> I a. I just w- tried to bring you back. You there have such with a me. way with words. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I love that story it was really interesting because um, actually if you want to check it out Wendy Williams actually just did a conversation with Don Lemon for Interview Magazine and um, Williams she basically recalled being so intimidated to interview Hallie that she nearly compil- uh, compiled with publicist questions she just wasn't allowed to ask her she didn't want to overstep her boundaries and all these things but she talks more about it and just talks more about her experiences which you know I always love a Wendy Williams moment she's she she's an icon she is the moment come on now you'll get it if you're a Twitter girl anyway let's move on into what we are doing for pride month rouse and food for less are partnering with us and the los angeles lgbt center to help fill the fridge for homeless lgbt youth and seniors in need please text fridge to 20357 to donate to the los angeles lgbt pride pantry donations are going to be doubled by rouse and food for less and literally look at this you can make a huge difference with just a $25 donation because that is an entire week's worth of groceries. So help us fill the fridge by texting fridge, F-R-I-D-G-E, to 20357. That's it for me.
4: Amazing. Until now we next play
5: hour. What? I said until next hour. That's it for me.
4: Yes. Now we play our music right here on Channel Q. She is a queer icon. Kim Patris joins us right after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've been waiting to get our next guest on the show. It seems like forever, Ryan.
5: Yeah, honestly, um, <laughs> this next icon is just something that I'm just so excited about, and I got to see her perform as a surprise guest this pre- uh, past a uh, couple weekends ago for the what people are calling Gay Cella Out yes. Raising Voices, the event that I got to to host at the LA Coliseum. And so this is just a, a moment where I'm happy our worlds are colliding.
4: Yes, please welcome the one and only singer songwriter Ken Patras. On, let's go there. Thanks for being here. What's up? (laughs) What's up to you? Oh my God. How is your Pride Month going? Great.
9: How's yours?
4: good you know we went to the concert in person that was fun finally it's been
5: busy for me I'm not gonna lie to you you know I'm taking all these little gay chicks and I love it honey <laughs> um, no but As I, you <laughs> I think it was so exciting though to see you perform a live. that was it feels like that was everyone's first time hitting a stage again what was that moment like for you
2: um it, yeah it was so fun I was really nervous before because I was just like oh my god it's been a year it's been a year but then I stepped on stage and like it all came back, I guess. But no, it was so exciting. I mean, it's the number one thing that I've just missed and been dying without is performing live. I love it so much. I can't live without it. It was so hard to live without it. So it's great that it's back.
4: Yeah. And and what were you up to during the lockdown? I mean, how did you stay creative and keep those juices going? Right
2: um i made a new album so i'm really excited about it um and yeah i think some of my best work if i shall say so and uh yeah i'm super stoked um so some of that is going to be coming out soon i've been rehearsing a lot for it and for the music videos and for lollapalooza and all the festivals i'm doing later this year so I've definitely been busy too, but I love being busy. So it's, it's way better than not being busy. I'm someone who doesn't know how to chill. Or doesn't know how to have free time. Like my mind will just go like, okay, I have five minutes off. Uh, I want to talk about work or I want to do this and this and this. So um, I'm so happy that I've, I'm finally busy again. I feel in
5: my element. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. And, I, I you know, fans online, though, are so antsy about when the new music is coming. So yeah. uh, you got to give us a little tea. Like, do you got a date
2: yet? Uh, I, I do. I mean, I'm going to perform new music at Lollapalooza. So okay. Lollapalooza Ooh. is July, right? So... Definitely. Then you're going to get some new music. So I'm not going to say any dates or anything, but but I'm going to be performing new music at Lollapalooza. It's like so my birthday.
5: It's my birthday. <laughs> you know, July is my birthday month. I'm a Leo.
2: <laughs> oh, my
4: God. I love Leo.
2: Cool. My best friends are Leos. Yeah, I'm a Virgo. So, we OK, hardworking, hardworking
4: Virgo. What's the uh, yeah. what's the vibe like? Because we loved Malibu. I mean, that was the bop of the summer.
2: Thank you, thank you. Um, it's different than than Malibu. Um, I think it's uh, it's definitely pop. It's definitely up. It's what I love the most about music. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of an evolved version of the music I've been doing. Only all been coming together. Like what I've learned on Clarity. What I've learned on Turn Off the Light. What I've learned on Era One. Era uh, Whoa. Era One. <laughs> my first batch of singles and stuff. So. I think it's, I think it's really finally kind of the perfect mix of all those elements. And, and yeah, I feel like it's, it's, it's exciting. And uh, yeah, I don't want to say much more <laughs> because I feel like any wrong word could give away the whole concept. so uh, but, but I guess something I grew up in, in Germany in Europe, I grew up listening to, a lot of like weirder dance music i wanted to be a raver when i was growing up i wanted to uh you know i loved like euro music so this is kind of a return to that for me it's kind of like the music that i was like dying to see when i was a teenager in germany yeah. um you know and and europe is so like of, I don't know, like an Italian song will blow up, like a French song will blow up, like a German song. Will, you know, it's kind of all these different cultures that, you know, songs blow up in all of Europe from these different countries and these different elements. So I've been kind of inspired by that and uh, been kind of going back into my old playlists and stuff like that. And yeah, because ah. that's been super inspiring to me. Uh, during lockdown. I was like, I I wish I wasn't, you know, I wish I could just go to Europe right now. Um, Because I originally wanted to move to Paris uh, last year before lockdown happened. And then I was in LA. Um, So yeah, just kind of made an album that's how Europe feels to me. Oh, I, so
5: good. I love that. If you're just now li- joining us, we're chatting with uh, Kim Petras, you know, this pop icon. And one what? thing I really uh, wanted to to touch on is I loved your Glamour UK um, cover. I loved the, the article. And there was something so powerful that thanks, I, I think that you said that I'm an artist, I'm not a gender. And I feel like your evolution really shows that. Why is that so important for everyone to kind of realize about your artistry and to accept you as more than just being trans?
2: Um music for me has always been the thing in my life that transcends gender, skin color, nationality, anything. You know, music is you either feel it or you don't. Like there's no other rules to music. And I think that's why I loved it because I don't think it matters what gender you are, or what sexuality you are. If, you know, if your music speaks to people, it speaks to people. So um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I just think it's, you know, equality, like why shouldn't a straight person relate to a song written by a trans person? Why shouldn't a trans person, you know, it, it doesn't matter. And music it's all about, does this music speak to me or not? Like gender is a footnote. It's not important really. It's just, do I love the song or not? So, um, so yeah, that's just what I, what I mean by that. Like, I just don't want to. I don't want to be like, you know, oh, I'm I'm a trans artist making music exclusively for these kind of people or something like that. Like, no, I make music for whoever wants to listen to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talk about so, that a lot.
4: Also, how like you can get cornered into something for how people know you and like how you yeah. want it to be bigger than that.
2: Yeah, no, and I don't, I don't, I don't feel like cornered or anything. I feel so blessed that I get the support that I get from the LGBTQ community and the playlisting and all of that stuff. Like, it's really supportive, which is incredible. But of course, I want to push myself as far as I can go. And of mm-hmm. course, like, what I'm most proud of, yes, gender, but I'm proud of being of being an artist. I'm proud of the music that I make. I'm proud of the, you know, that's that to me is more of who I am as a person than just you know being trans or um, any of that it's like okay but i i'm talented at this i make this kind of music
5: i'm inspired by
2: this like
5: i think that's why that's so important right because i don't think there's anything wrong with asking you know your your fans and your uh, the audience and people like around you and your artistry to grow with you right to to see more yeah. than just what can be deemed as oh this is what makes her special no there's so much that makes you special besides yeah. your identity
2: sure but i i feel like my fans have always you know that they don't see me as oh she makes transgender music you know they're just like i love this music and oh dope you're transgender you know they kind of i don't think it's that you know big of a deal we're kind of just all jamming to the music and singing every word when i perform life and being free and being whatever we want to be and uh, and yeah, I think that's so important uh, to, you know, not, not let your sexuality or your gender identity limit you in any way. You know, if I, if I want to wear freaking boy clothes, if I want to, you know, if I want to wear, like, I I also have a masculine and a feminine side and I have all the, you know, there's a million different sides to me that, you know, just aren't that easy to put in a box, you know, and uh and yeah, I, I I just sometimes dislike that there's boxes of what mm-hmm. oh this is what this kind of person is like or this is oh you're gay so you like this and you listen to this you know there's there's a million different people everybody's completely different and and I you know I love emphasizing that and I love to break out of any box that anybody puts me in you know yeah. I don't I don't like to I don't like to stay in one box and
4: be labeled. That's where the media gets to catch up in storytellers, right? Where you know, um, yeah, you know, we lead in with something maybe people know about or get, but then bring into yeah. uh, the fold so much more.
2: Yeah, but also that's what artists are for. Artists are supposed to break boundaries, to make mm. you uncomfortable, to challenge things, like uh, you know, and to, to you know break that 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 kind of stuff. So that's what what excites me and what I love about being an artist is I get to push as hard as I want to, to break any boundary I want to break. So that's that's kind of a part of my job and that all the artists that I admire did that. You know, if you look at Madonna dropping her erotica album, or if you look at, you know, all those iconic artists who are born this way, all those amazing artists that really were able to like push culture and break some boundaries that's that's super inspiring to me
4: yeah again we are talking to kim petrus right now and you have so much going on including this amazing project you're working on to support the lgbtq plus nightlife venues and workers impacted by covid and we've been talking about this throughout the past year or so it's so sad to see so many venues close down and just uh, be threatened because of everything going on so tell us about this uh work you're doing this campaign to raise money
2: teaming up with sky vodka uh, i did a i did a campaign with simone from drag race to be yes. an obsessed with so mm-hmm. i got to hang out with her which was which was incredible i'm such a drag race fan we were all rooting Same. for simone so she was absolutely everything i thought she would be and i love her but uh sky vodka has been raising money for um lgbtq nightlife and which has been hit so hard during this pandemic and it's really important to me I came up in gay clubs, you know, just, I don't know, like 10 people when I was no one. And I kind of hustled my way up and that's, I feel like I was born and raised in gay clubs. So that's so important to me. And they got hit so hard that, that whenever I can help in any way, rebuild that um, I, I'm i down. And so I got this, got this uh, sky vodka reached out to me and I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, so yeah. And I, you know, wherever I can help the LGBTQ community, that's where I came up. That's where I'm a part of it. And I just, I just really want to help, you know? So no brainer.
5: I I love that. That's really easy for you, especially because I mean, you were given the label, you know, like a queer icon. I I think about that and being like representation is such a big thing, but does that often like add any pressure of you being like, oh my God, everyone sees me as this queer icon already?
2: (laughs) I'm grateful people think highly of me, you know, that's, that's great. Yeah. I, I don't really stress about it. You know, I, I feel happy about people saying that I, I don't really let that kind of pressure, uh you know, get to me in any way. Like if people say that, that's nice, but like, I don't think I'm like a great icon, <laughs> you know, legend, <laughs> whatever. But if people want to say that, that's awesome. I'm appreciative. That's so nice. Um, But yeah, I just, I just kinda of focus on making great music. That's just always where my head is at. Eye on the prize. Um, and and you know, being being great live. Uh being healthy vocally, Mm. um, being, you know, mentally in in good form and stuff like that. That's kind of where my brain is at, but I'm super flattered that people think I'm
5: iconic,
4: you know. Why not own it? Who
5: doesn't want to be labeled iconic? Are you kidding
4: me? That's right. (laughs) You mentioned something so important, health and mental health and how do you integrate that in the work that you do in your message for everyone.
2: Uh, lockdown was a really tough one for me I you know I was rehearsing and putting together Coachella for so long and then it got canceled and then all my plans got canceled for touring everything it was really hard on me and you know I'm I'm kind of really ADD and work workaholic and just you know having free time for me was so hard that I was like I I need help and I got a therapist, um, started talking about all my all my past, working some stuff out, and really learned how to just be okay, not doing something. You know, it was it was hard for me. And I, I never really had therapy. Mm. It was something I could never really afford um i mean i was a waitress in germany at a mexican restaurant in germany i saved up for my first flight here um and really but was sleeping in garages and on studio couches and you know just kind of living on like 20 dollars a day and i couldn't afford a therapist and then my life changed and it kind of became everything i wanted it to be and i went on the road and everything but every now and then my mental health would really suffer and i didn't really understand myself so i I finally had time to get help. I don't know. A- anybody should be able to access mental health help uh, just, you know, for, for no money. It should be in health insurance, everything. Like, I think it's such an important part that uh, people skip.
5: As we're wrapping up here, I I wanted to really ask you about chosen family because I feel like that is the theme for this year's Pride. Um, And I, I would love to know, did your chosen family at all change? Did it grow stronger after the quarantine? How did it shift your definition of chosen family?
2: Oh my god, yeah. I mean, I moved in with friends and we wrote this album together with uh, my main collaborator, Aaron. We've been writing everything for like the last six years, uh, just everything together. He's a huge part of what I do. So we were like, okay, I guess we can't go to studios and stuff. We should all, you know, get a place and build a studio and start recording. And so uh, my best friend from tour who opened for me as a DJ moved in with us and us three just kind of were making this album and uh so i definitely feel like that's that's my chosen family i have three puppies now i got three puppies in lockdown which is insane Aww. i went nuts yeah that's but insane I love them so much and they make my life so much happier honestly my collaborators and my my team that believe in me are my chosen family like i i can't live without them i love uh, being around them I love their input and it's really kind of I feel like I feel so lucky for the chosen family that I have um, from like my my hair guy Iggy to Gilbert my makeup artist to my stylist Matthew like we all care so much and we all given so much into this project because we really love it and so I feel like that's that's my chosen family, honestly. Yeah, shout out
5: to all the people. The I whole know. team. I love that. It's good to have those people around you, honey. But Kim Petras, thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to new
4: music. Yeah, me too. Thank you guys so much for having me. And, and can't wait for Halloween soon. Hopefully a little oh, Halloween gosh. special from you. Gay Christmas coming <laughs> up. <laughs>
1: Minimum of four lines for
3: $25 per line per month without pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
7: Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. We're
4: wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes Queen? A couple in Pennsylvania is believed to be the first gay teens in the Keystone State to earn the crown of prom queen and prom queen. 18-year-old Carly Levy and Courtney Steiner were elected by their Penridge High School classmates at their senior prom earlier this month, and it's making news so great, and the picture of them is adorable. Glad actually reported that they only know of a few instances where other same-sex couples in the country have earned those honors, and none in the state of Pennsylvania. So it is historic. I love this story, actually. It's really great. It's sweet. Carly told USA Today, this win means that people who are different still can be acknowledged and can win and can represent a community. Seeing our school come together for us just gave us a large sense of hope. And it also meant so much to know people were willing to look past the traditional heterosexual couple choice and support us. Mm -hmm. So a big yes queen to all the graduates, including those that are breaking barriers.
5: Oh, so wonderful. Can I also add another Yes Queen? Of Real course. Queen? Not to take away from their shine, but I got to shout out to, I think he was already a Yes Queen already, but Vincent performed on the Today Show, and he's such a good friend of mine that I'm like really excited for him. The Today Show, third hour. It was absolutely great. With Tegan and, Sarah, Tegan and Sarah. So like, shout out to him. Winning. Absolutely incredible. He's going to be on the show very soon, so we'll get, be able to give him more of a Yes Queen vibes, but I got to throw that out there. It was yes. If you haven't um, seen it, you should go watch it. It's a great Performance. I
4: love that. Thank you, Ryan, for adding that. Just saying. That does it for our show today. And our Yaz Queen, of course. Yes, Queen. But don't you worry, we are back tomorrow weekdays here on Channel Q live, two to six PM Pacific, five to nine PM Eastern. On Tomorrow Show, I didn't even know this, but LGBTQ veterans lost their benefits decades ago. So the question is, will that be remedied finally? I hope. Yeah. Plus, Makeup for Men wants to defy the gender binary, but does it really? Well, we dive in on tomorrow's Show.
5: No, because it's already gendered. There's a
4: quick answer. We dive in on tomorrow's Show. <laughs> and go there, <laughs> of course. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, including the one we did with Kim Petras... Check it out on our podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light.
5: And honey, remember to slay and keep it cute like Kim Petras.
4: Yeah, and stick around for Loveline
11: with Dr. Chris right after this. Bye. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact.